Good morning, Orlando. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Filling in for Bud today, I'm Michael Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning President Trump says he had no dealings with Russia, and a boy with special needs is fatally struck in Orange County. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Yeah, and as Deb says, Trump speaks. Okay, it's not exactly breaking news. He talks a lot, but he did give an interview with NBC News yesterday defending his actions and firing Comey and more. And we're going to go through a lot of that interview coming up next. Good Friday morning at 6.01 on News Radio 1025. President Trump says he wants to find out if Russia meddled in the presidential election. We have to get back to work, but I want to find out. I want to get to the bottom. If Russia hacked, if Russia did anything having to do with our election, I want to know about. In an interview for NBC Nightly News, Trump said claims that his campaign was in collusion with Russia is a setup by the Democrats. Trump added that he has no investments or business dealings with Russia and is in total compliance. He added if Russia tried to interfere in the election, it is, quote, a horrible thing. Yeah, he also he also said that he Comey told him that he's not under investigation, which is very interesting. So we'll, we'll play we'll play a bunch of the audio coming up soon this half hour. All right. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Meanwhile, Trump is establishing a commission to look into alleged voter fraud. He did so with an executive order yesterday. White House spokeswoman Sarah Huckabee Sanders said the commission will provide a thorough review of election systems in the U.S. Trump has alleged that more than three million people cast illegal votes in the 2016 election. Vice President Mike Pence will chair the panel. Former Central Florida Congresswoman Corinne Brown is convicted of fraud in her federal corruption trial. Brown was found guilty yesterday on 18 of 22 conspiracy and fraud charges. The 70-year-old Brown was elected in 1992 among the largest class of African-American lawmakers elected to the U.S. Congress from Florida and represented her native Jacksonville and the state's northern reaches west to the Big Bend during her 24 years in office. She lost re-election to a 13th consecutive term after failing in a primary bid last summer to incumbent Democratic Congressman Al Lawson. Brown faces a more than 300-year prison term at sentencing. Oh, that's all? Just 300? 300. And Three, they say wow. even if she gets the minimum, it could keep her in prison till she's well after, uh, well past 100 years old. Wow. Yeah. And a sad local story. An investigation continues this morning after a four-year-old boy with special needs wandered out of his hotel room in Orlando earlier this morning as his parents slept and then on to busy John Young Parkway where he was struck and killed. Police say the boy died on impact. FHP uh, Sergeant Kim Montez says it took about an hour to find the heartbroken parents who say they didn't even realize the child had left their hotel room. Anytime a child killed... A lot of these times we could always go back and question what could have been done, but we also have to factor in the human factor of these types of incidents happen. And um, right now, what the parents are telling us, everything that we found in that room is coinciding with what they've told us. Police will look at hotel surveillance video as they investigate the tragedy. So so does that mean... They're not going to charge the parents? Most likely not. They just, you know, again, he wandered out of the room. The parents weren't even aware that he had slipped out of the room. Yeah. And it, the path that he took from the hotel to John Young, it's just a heartbreaking story. Family yeah. here for, you know, that dream Disney vacation. Right. And it ends up in tragedy.
And still more tragedy locally where police in Osceola County say an Osceola County teen is dead after her ex-boyfriend killed her and then himself. The Osceola County Sheriff's Office said 18-year-old Liberty High School senior Larissa Barros was found dead yesterday at her family's Blackpool Way home in Poinciana. Authorities say Barros called police to report a man attempting to break into her home. Soon after police responded, they found Barros dead. A man identified by mutual acquaintances as Barros's ex-boyfriend, 20-year-old Kai Williams, killed himself in front of police not far from the home. Williams had been arrested for stalking Barros and had a, str- a restraining order placed against him. Detectives are still investigating. What makes this uh, such a sad story is that Larissa was two weeks away from graduating near the top of her class from, uh, again, Liberty High School. Wow. Yeah. And finally, Robin Williams' last film, Absolutely Anything, is coming to theaters. The sci-fi comedy features Williams as the voice of a dog named Dennis. The story follows Simon Pegg as a random earthling who's given unlimited powers to shape the universe as he sees fit. And one of the first things he does, and who wouldn't, is give his dog Dennis the power of human speech. Oh, okay. Yeah. Although, yeah, and no, it sounds probably like Robin that Williams. <laughs> it, it, it does. It huh. does. I don't know if you've seen any of the no, uh, promos. I yeah, it sounds like Robin Williams. It's, you know, bittersweet to hear yeah. his voice again, but it's it looks like it should be a pretty funny movie. Well, it's got Robin Williams in it. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Of course it's going to be a funny movie. It kind of looks like, it kind of like the Bruce Almighty kind of theme, it seems okay. like. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, but uh, it is, it is. There's a couple of lines in there I'll tell you off mic, but I won't tell you on mic. Okay. (laughs) All right. But if you want to see it, absolutely anything hits theaters today. WFLA News Time 606. Hey, read about Orlando setting a new tourism record. Really? Yes. 68 million people came to Orlando last year. Wow. Now, is that... Do you know what it was the year before? I think it was 65... Well, it's 2 million more, so I believe it's... 2 million more. 2 million more. Yeah, it wow, broke. Good it, news for us. It really is. It broke the city of Orlando's own record for the number of visitors that they wanted to come to the city beautiful. I wonder what's driving that. Just maybe the economy's getting better. Harry Potter, of course. We're perfect. <laughs> That's it. That's it. There's the answer. <laughs> but you can get the details at 1025wfla.com. I'll see what I can dig up for you later on this morning. Yeah, sounds good. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe starts now. From News Radio 1025, this is Good Morning Orlando. Although I think we're perfect with, with just the best. <laughs> We should just put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> By the way, when I was on vacation, I went up to uh, Rochester. And in a lot of ways, though, it made me realize how spoiled we are we in really, Orlando. We really are. Because, I mean, it was a nice area. Some of the, the the nature up there is really nice. But the city, is it's not Orlando. No. It's not Orlando. We are really spoiled here. Um, this is uh, Michael Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud with Deborah Roberts. Thank you, Deb. Of course. Bud is, of course, enjoying some of Orlando's you know best attraction. He went to Magic. He's going to Magic Kingdom today. Yes, we talked about it yesterday. He's uh, already a shoe-in for Dumbo with his granddaughter. Oh, is that it? Yeah, that was he already has planned? to ride That's the a Dumbo. Done deal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hope he can handle it. I know. And a very extreme ride. I don't know. Take some <laughs> drama, mean. <laughs> All right. So in the next segment, we are going to get into uh, Trump and his interview with Lester Holt and NBC News. There's a lot of a lot of different reaction to it. A lot of co- conflicting stories coming out of what Trump said initially in his letter what the administration said, and then what Trump said later in the interview. So we'll try to straighten it all out. In my show, Beyond Reason Radio, I call myself the voice of reason. 
So I'm going to be the voice of reason this morning through it all. And we'll do that. We have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 W. So it turns out that President Trump yesterday in the interview did not come out as a Russian spy. I know the Democrats were all hoping and praying he's going to come out and admit he's a Russian spy. Admit he did this to cover up the investigation into Russia. Well, that didn't happen. Of course it didn't happen. You know, I have to admit, and I talked about this on my show last night. I do my own show, Beyond Reason Radio. Check out the podcast. It's on iHeartRadio. I talked about how I think the Trump administration did a lot of things this week that showed some incompetence or maybe some inexperience in how to deal with this. They didn't deal with the backlash of this very well, and part of it's because Trump didn't expect the backlash. That being said, that doesn't mean he should be impeached. The Democrats are acting like this is going to lead to impeachment. What exactly has he done that will require impeachment? I want to see a specific crime that you're going to eventually kick this guy out of office. They don't have it yet. Yes, there was some incompetence involved this week in how all of this was handled. But the fact is the president can fire the FBI director for any reason he wants. And the former FBI director Comey said that himself. So if there's incompetence, that does not equal impeachment. That is not grounds for impeachment. But the Democrats are obsessed with that. They say this is the next Watergate. And uh, we'll see where that leads. It doesn't look like that now. But um, let's uh, play some of the interview here with Trump and Lester Holt, where he talked about exactly why he fired Comey. We're going to go through some of this, and I'll react to it. Uh, Here's some of it. Look. He's a showboat. He's a grandstander. The FBI has been in turmoil. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows that. You take a look at the FBI a year ago. It was in virtual turmoil less than a year ago. It hasn't recovered from that. Monday, you met with the Deputy Attorney General, Rod Rosenstein. Right. Did you ask for a recommendation? Uh, What I did is I was going to fire Comey. My decision. It was not. You had made the decision before they came. I I was going to fire Comey. Okay, stop Uh, right there. You know, he has every right to do that. But the problem is in your letter that you sent to Comey, you said the reason you were firing him is by the recommendation of the attorney general and the deputy attorney general. And not only that, but that is what your press people, your aides in your administration have been saying all week. You've had them going out there and saying that's why he did it. And then you come out and say, well, I was going to fire him anyway. Uh, Come on. (laughs) You got to get better at this. Now, I think a lot of this was a knee-jerk reaction because Trump didn't expect this. But we have to remember, this is Donald Trump. He is not an experienced politician. And I don't know what anyone else expected of him to be this experienced politician in dealing with all of this. He's never had to deal with stuff like this before. In the business world, you can do stuff like this, and there's not as much blowback, but it doesn't work that way in politics. Okay, let's continue on. There's no good time to do it, by the way. Uh, they, because in your letter, you said I, I accepted, accepted their recommendation, yeah, well, so you also, had already made the decision. I, oh, I was going to fire regardless of recommendation. So there was really they, room. He made a recommendation. He's highly respected. Very good guy. Very smart guy. Uh, the Democrats like him. The Republicans <laughs> like him. 
Uh, he made a recommendation, but regardless of recommendation, I was going to fire Comey. Let me ask you about your termination letter to Mr. Comey. You write, I greatly appreciate you informing me on three separate occasions that I am not under investigation. Why did you put that in there? Because he told me that. I mean, he told me he that. He told you one under investigation yeah, with re and I, regard I've to heard the Russian that. investigation? I've heard that from others. I think Was it he, in a phone call? Did you meet face-to-face? -face? Uh, I had a dinner with him. He wanted to have dinner because he wanted to stay on. We had a very nice dinner he, at the White he House asked very for the early on. A dinner was arranged. I think he asked for the dinner. And he wanted to stay on as the FBI head. And I said, I'll, you know, consider. We'll see what happens. But uh, we had a very nice dinner. And at that time, he told me, you are not under investigation, that which was, I knew anyway. That was one meeting. What was the what First of all, when you're under investigation, you're giving all sorts of documents and everything. I knew I wasn't under. And I heard it was stated at the committee, at some committee level, that I wasn't. Number one. So that didn't come directly then, from Then during him. a phone call, he said it. And then during another phone call, he said it. So who, he said who? it once at dinner. Okay. And then he said it twice during phone calls. Did, did. All right. Stop right there. So he says right here that Comey says he's not under investigation. The vice president said earlier this week that Trump himself is not under investigation. It looks like that Trump personally is not under investigation. Now, his campaign could kind of be under investigation. But like I said, the director of national intelligence came out this week and said there is no evidence so far of collusion. But I think there's a, there's a part of me that thinks... That Trump, you can just see it. You can see he's angry. You can see the anger in his eyes of the backlash of all this. He wants this story to go away. He wants the Russia thing to go away. And I have to tell you, if I'm Trump and I have no dealings with Russia and I know I'm innocent, I would be pretty upset too. I'm not going to lie. I would be pretty angry too. What is your reaction to uh, this interview? 407-916-5400, text to 2368 Zero. Uh, we'll be right back here on Good Morning Orlando. All right, so I just got a text coming in, and you can text to 23680. Some people, um, you know, thinking, well, don't like Trump. They don't trust Trump. This, this person says the key word you said about Trump is they have not found anything yet. Oh, so they could find something. But he's angered the FBI so much that they've ramped this up in this investigation and they're going to find something. Well, we'll see. I mean, I want to know because th there was a report that came out yesterday by the Wall Street Journal that said Director Comey was so much into this investigation in the past few weeks that he was getting daily briefings on it. Not just weekly, but daily briefings on it. And I have to be honest with you. I want to know what's in though. And I know I can't know what's classified and all that stuff. But if there is so much stuff out there, what is it? I want to know. Because everything I've actually seen on the record say there's no collusion. Yet, he's getting daily briefings. Is that even true? And we have tons of leaks coming out of the White House. Yet, we can't find out what exactly is in this investigation. Now, speaking of the whole Russia collusion theory that's out there, and by the way, this is something else I say about uh, Democrats. They need to make up their minds on Trump. Either you believe Trump is an idiot or incompetent, because the Democrats will say that one day, or you believe he's some kind of maniacal evil leader that is in collusion with the Russians to win the election, some kind of evil mastermind. What, which one is it? They can't make up their minds on that. But um, uh, Trump, 
spoke on the Russian thing in the interview with Lester Holt yesterday. And uh, here's what he said. Go ahead and play cut two for me, Tom Benson. This was set up by the Democrats. There is no collusion between me and my campaign and the Russians. The other thing is the Russians did not affect the vote. And everybody seems to think that. I want that thing to be absolutely done properly. When I did this now, I said, I probably, maybe will confuse people. Maybe I'll expand that, you know, I'll lengthen the time because it should be over with. It should, in my opinion, should have been over with a long time ago because all it is is an excuse. But I said to myself, I might even lengthen out the investigation, but I have to do the right thing for the American people. Oh, the Democrats are not going to like what he said there. Should have been over with a long time ago. Just an excuse. You know, Rand Paul said that earlier this week. He thinks that there's nothing to this. He thinks that this is just an excuse uh, by the Democrats in the, you know, for Trump winning the election because they just can't come. They just cannot bring themselves to admit that Trump is president of the United States. That's what a lot of this is, I think. The Democrats cannot just comprehend the fact that Trump actually won the presidency of the United States. And they have been in denial ever since. I don't know if you want to call it Trump derangement syndrome. <laughs> Some are calling it. I don't know. But we'll see. I, I just got a text uh, that came in. It said, it's very easy to see the hostile attitude towards Trump in the media. We need to start looking at policies, not popularity, uh, not popularity want when it comes to governing our country. So uh, there you go. So the next question is, who is Trump going to name next as his FBI director? You know, the current uh, F- the acting FBI director testified to Congress yesterday. He actually did a pretty good job and actually revealed a lot of things that I found very interesting. One, one thing he said is that the FBI was not happy at all when he exonerated, when Comey exonerated basically Hillary Clinton. The other thing he pointed out is that there were reports that Comey wanted more resources for the Russia investigation. He, he pointed out that they have plenty of resources. They don't need any more resources. Fake news. You think it's fake news, Tom Benson? Sure. Well, I mean, there's so many leaks. There's so much going out there. And it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to even keep track of it all and who's telling the truth and all that stuff. But, Tom Benson, before we go to break, you had an interesting idea of who Trump should pick for the next FBI director. Uh, I do. Why who not? is it? Because I, I, I had never thought of this, but why, you had an idea. Why not the former nominee to be Supreme Court Justice Merrick Garland? Merrick Garland. Yep. The First, guy who was the Democrats feel like should be in the Supreme Court right now. That's right. I mean, whoever Trump nominates is going to the process to con- confirm that is going to be a long drawn out process. Trump wants his story to go away. If you want it to go away quickly, nominate Garland. He's got the experience. He worked for the DOJ and he uh, was in charge of the Oklahoma City bombing case the Atlanta Olympic bombing case, and also the investigation into uh, the Unabomber Ted Kaczynski. And he's been a Supreme, and he's been a uh, appeals court judge in D.C. since 1997. So you uh, uh, make Garland your nominee. Quick nomination process goes through. Plus, you get another lib off of court. 
Wow. Bench. We might have to discuss that more in the 8 o'clock hour and see what people think. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I, actually, I don't think. I think it's kind of a long shot, what you're saying. But it's an interesting little theory that you threw out there, Tom Benson. So we get to that. By the way, um, this is Michael Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Tom Benson is filling in as producer. And then we have Bryce screening your calls at 407 916 Deborah Roberts is also going to come in the studio in just a second, update the latest news. She's going to talk about what President Trump said about his, that he had no dealings with Russia. And Governor Rick Scott returns from D.C. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. Ah. <laughs> yeah, Tom Benson likes to play this kind of oh, funky he, music. He does. When he's here. Can you name this tune? No. Really? I've heard she it. She blinded me with science. Thomas Dolby. Sorry. Youngster. All right. Do you have uh, do you have some news for us, Deborah Roberts? Are not you anymore. Gonna, no, not, I just not feel old. To do it? <laughs> no, old and rejected. Forgot. No, I, I like forget. the song. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just All giving right. you a hard time for being younger than me. <laughs> I'm not that much younger than you. Yeah, you are. But thank you. <laughs> yeah, you like you're, that? I do. Have you're, I been forgiven now? Your kindness knows no bounds, <laughs> even at 6.35 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's the latest news, Deb? Well, the latest, uh, Mike, is that President Trump is blaming Democrats for the probe into possible Russian ties with the Trump campaign. And in an interview for NBC Nightly News, Trump is adamant that his campaign was not involved with the Russians. This was set up by the Democrats. There is no collusion between me and my campaign and the Russians. The president added that he had no idea that former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn had accepted payments from Russia. He also said he never thought about how it would look meeting with the Russian ambassador following the firing of former FBI Director James Comey. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Acting FBI Director Andrew McCabe, meanwhile, is rejecting a White House claim that people in the FBI had lost faith in former Director James Comey. In a Senate hearing yesterday, McCabe said there's broad support for Comey and the FBI. McCabe was Comey's top deputy. McCabe vowed that he would not update President Trump or White House officials on the status of the Russia investigation. He also promised to inform lawmakers about any interference in that probe. Governor Rick Scott is back from Washington after two days of meetings with officials in the Trump administration, and he had a front row seat for all the drama when FBI Director James Comey got the boot. I think um, that the president needed a fresh start. Director Comey became a lightning rod for the right and the left. We need to have a FBI director that's nonpartisan. And so I'm sure the president's going to find uh, the right person. Scott told Fox Business Channel that he hasn't seen any evidence of any collusion between Trump and the Russians, and he's hoping the kerfuffle over Comey won't interfere with the president's agenda. You can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe continues now. Thank you, Deb, and you'll be joining us at the top of the hour once again to update the latest news, as always. As always, absolutely. All right, and it's time to get updated on what's going on in the world of business as we talk with the one and only Gina Cervetti from the Bloomberg uh, Business Newsroom. And how are you this morning, Gina? I'm well, Michael. How about yourself? Pretty good. Uh, What do the stock futures look like so far today? Well, they're actually not doing so well, or they're down. I guess it depends on your point of view and the kind of investments you have. But it looks like we might be headed for a lower Wall Street open this morning because they are in the red. We have crude down just a little bit here at $47.77 a barrel. 
Now, yesterday on Wall Street, we had some disappointing results from retailers that had investors selling shares. Macy's shares were down by 17 percent after a disappointing quarter. We had the market lower overall yesterday. The losses weren't too bad. The S&P was down five points or two tenths percent to 23.94. The Dow was down 24 and closed at 20,919. The Nasdaq slipped 13 points to 61.16. But also keep in mind that the S&P and the NASDAQ both reached new highs recently. I gotcha. And Fiat Chrysler is recalling some Ram trucks. Tell us a little bit about that, Gina. Yeah, the company is recalling one million trucks to reprogram computer modules that help control the restraint system in a rollover situation. The company says it's aware of one fatality, two injuries, and two accidents that may be related to the problem, according to a statement on their website. The affected vehicles include later model Ram pickup trucks. Now, usually in these situations, you'll get a formal letter if you're an owner telling you to visit a dealer and there's no charge for the fix. All right. And this next story really interests me, actually, because usually there's like a war between these two companies. But Microsoft updates Windows 10 to work with Apple software. Yeah, Microsoft unveiled an update to Windows 10, adding key features that are likely to benefit users of gadgets that run rival mobile operating systems, iOS and even Android. The features, which will be part of an upgrade for the computer operating system this fall, will let people sync different devices. To access these new features in Windows 10, you will need to have a Microsoft account. I got that. I think that's actually a pretty smart move by them. Um, yeah, I think because most of the gadgets that are out there are either iOS or Android. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. It's a good way for Microsoft to stay in the game. Mm -hmm. And uh, Locks of Love go up for auction tomorrow. What's that about? Well, tomorrow, Paris is auctioning the Locks of Love that once adorned the French capital's bridges. They were clamped there by tourists. They're padlocks, tourists and lovers over the past decade. But the locks have weight, and there are a lot of them, and they brought some structures to near collapse. They were also considered an eyesore by the Parisians themselves. So proceeds of the auctions go to charities helping refugees. The locks are on display until their planned auction with bids also possible online, according to details on the website of Credit Municipal de Paris. So if you've ever visited Paris, maybe you've been on these bridges and people will go up and put the locks on the uh, bridge and then they take the key with them. So they're there permanently, but they cut them off. I've never been to Paris. <laughs> you know, my, my well, you might have to visit. I need to. I'm Just don't bring your locks. Don't bring your padlocks <laughs> with you. All Leave right. I was going to. That was the plan, but I guess I won't. <laughs> All right, Gina, thank you so much, and uh, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. Thanks. You too. So they've cut funding for Visit Florida. Oh, no. What will Florida do? Tourism will collapse. Okay, do we really believe that? We're going to talk about that in our Windows news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WF. And this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. By the way, you can send me a friend request on Facebook. I mean, we're friends anyway. So just send me a friend request, search Michael Yaffe, I will accept it. Or you can like my show's Facebook page, Beyond Reason Radio. And you can follow me on Twitter at Beyond Reason R. We have Tom Benson producing, and we have Bryce screening your calls at 407-916-5400. So there's a column by Scott Maxwell in the Orlando Sentinel. And I don't think I've agreed with him so much ever. 
but he's exactly right. He's talking about Visit Florida. And when I filled in for Bud before and on my show, I railed against Visit Florida. I think the amount of money they were spending on it was completely unnecessary. And it's not the role of government to be a marketing agency for businesses, <laughs> tourist businesses. But uh, Scott Maxwell actually agrees with me in his column here. It makes a lot of good points. And Rick Scott, you know, he wrote a column uh, this week. He's not happy about them cutting funding, but I, I think it's fine. Uh, this is how Scott Maxwell starts off his column in the Orlando Sentinel. He says, it's now official. Few of your state tax dollars will be spent promoting tourism next year. Legislators finished their session by rebuffing Governor Rick Scott's demands for higher tourism subsidies, cutting Visit Florida's budget from $78 million, $78 million for a marketing website, basically, an agency. They cut it to $25 million. I just have to say something. Scott well, Maxwell isn't saying this, but I just have to say something. If you give me $25 million, I will make the best marketing website you've ever seen in your life <laughs> in marketing commercials, okay? $25 million is more than enough money for a year of that. Um, but as Scott Maxwell says here, he says, to hear tourism boosters tell it, this will prompt an economic apocalypse. It says, Visit Florida CEO Ken Lawson actually claimed that nearly one out of every three of the state's visitors... 32 million people total will now bypass Florida because we don't have visit Florida. Really? Wow. Yeah, this is crazy. He says, uh, Maxwell continues here. He says, with a tourism collapse like that, you'd think that Shamu was caught devouring Snow White. <laughs> that might actually bring more tourists. Who knows? Um, he says, or that Zika infested mosquitoes had invaded islands of adventure while Sharknadoes bore down on the Florida Keys. I think that might bring more tourists, too, actually. He says, really, though, all House Speaker Richard Corcoran and company did was roll back tourism subsidies to where they were seven years ago. And yet they're crying like this is the end of the world. Uh, Maxwell continues, he says, basically, the politicians finally started treating big tourism the way they treat public education, which may explain why the tourism execs are so upset. He says, still claims that these cuts will prompt a near collapse of the state's number one industry seem wildly overblown for many reasons. And I couldn't agree with Scott more. What do you guys think about this? I mean, Rick Scott did a whole uh, ad campaign promoting this. He has another column I read today, upset about this, thinks this will lose tons of jobs. We need to put Florida first. Do you think a lot of this economic apocalypse is overblown? Do you agree with me that it's not the role of the state government to be a marketing agency. 407-916-5400. You can text to 23680. I'm going to continue on uh, with this topic. And we have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFOA. Yes, and this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Beyond Reason. Are. This is what Rick Scott said in a little op-ed he wrote this week. He said, furthermore, the legislature's decision to cut tourism marketing could lead to a drastic reduction in visitor spending to our local businesses and revenue to our state. Do you guys agree with that? I think that's way overblown. Scott Maxwell in the Orlando Sentinel thinks it's way overblown. 
But I have some uh, texters who kind of disagree with me. One person says, tourism sounds pretty good to me. Visit Florida doesn't cost that much. $78 million is a lot of money to me. Now, they cut it to $25 million. I would have got rid of it completely, but that's because I'm a role of government guy, and I don't believe it's the role of government. But another person disagrees with me, says marketing Florida is what the tourist tax dollars should be used for. Another person, though, agrees with me, says it's not the government's job. There are better ways to use that money, um, not to sink it, not into this kind of stuff. And one person said for $25 million, I'll visit every state and promote Florida in person. (laughs) It's Florida. People will visit no matter what. And that's kind of what Scott Maxwell was getting at in his column here. He said, you know, tops about, this is what he says, claims that these cuts will prompt a near collapse of the state's number one industry seem wildly overblown for many reasons. He says, first of all, tourists don't come here because Visit Florida debuts a new Meet the Must Be the Sunshine slogan or spends $1 million to slap its logo on the jerseys of a second-tier European soccer team. He says they come because Universal unveils a new Harry Potter attraction or because Disney opens Pandora, because the economy is good, because they need a port from which to cruise. To believe Visit Florida is responsible for success or failure of Florida tourism is to ignore the numbers that show otherwise. As Cochran is fond of noting, pointing to years where visitor counts rose even as Visit Florida's budget shrank and vice versa. And then he says uh, something else that should be noted with this. It creates an even another problem because it basically creates a uh, corporate welfare. He says, seriously, this is the way business works. You spend money to make money. You don't count on taxpayers to do it for you. And then he says, consider for a moment what it means if they're right in terms of the sky is following prediction. He says, if curbing subsidies truly prompts a near collapse, that would mean that the state's century-old number one industry is fatally addicted to welfare. And that creates even more problem. Got some more people on the text line agreeing me with me, but I want to take a call here. Uh, this is uh, Matt in Claremont. Matt, what's your take on this? Well, I mean, we lost out to Georgia on the film credit. And how are we going to get the Disney headquarters here? The, the bottom line is you have to bring businesses to Florida from California and other places, and you can't do it on a nickel-and-dime budget like that. We spent, we waste more money on parking garages for UCF. You know, that's, it's a terrible institution. They have a low graduation rate. It, oh, I agree with you that we waste money on... on standardized testing. We yeah, I saw your text on that. states and other companies out of state. We manage our pension plans with companies from out of state. You know, we're wasting money. Oh, I agree we're wasting money on a bunch of other things, but I also think yeah, $73 million. Dollars. Jobs and businesses to Florida. Why wouldn't you want to my, do that? My evidence is showing that it doesn't, that it has not really had that much yeah, of an impact in tourism. What's that? Well, don't you, you have to court businesses to bring them here. When they come here, they don't see roads, and they don't see, they see the same problems they see in Los Angeles with traffic. You know, you have to show them what Florida has to offer. If they just come but, here on their own, they're not going to know. But I think Universal and Disney does a pretty good job on their own showing of what they course, have to yes, offer. But Disney, you know, you need something to network everything together. And the state of Florida offers 
very little for that. And you don't we, think they could uh, they can do that with twenty five million dollars? Has bloomed in Florida, and we don't spend that much. We have a very uh, low expenditure per person here compared to other states. We're doing a good job with it. We don't need income taxes, but we do need something to bring more businesses and taxpayers to Florida. Gotcha. I appreciate your call. Um, it seems like he's a little t- on a different subject than what I'm talking about. Visit Florida is to market Florida tourism to bring tourists in and visitors in. He's more talking about bringing businesses in and bringing you know other people to actually come and live here. Visit Florida isn't really addressing that. Visit Florida is talking about tourism, and I think $25 million is plenty of money. In fact, I think that's too much. And as Scott Maxwell points out, a lot of these tourists, they're going to visit Florida anyways. Basically, visit Florida is corporate welfare, in my opinion, because it's just giving money to market Universal and Disney World and other big businesses who really don't need our taxpayer dollars to market the state. That, that's just my opinion. All right. We're coming at the top of the hour. Deborah Roberts is going to update us on the latest news, including what President Trump said in that interview with Lester Holt. And Senator Marco Rubio tackles global threats. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. It's 6.59 and good morning, Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, I'm Michael Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, President Trump says he had no dealings with Russia and Senator Marco Rubio tackles global threats. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. So we have some candidates already running for Florida governor. I'm going to ask you, who do you want to vote for and who do you think will win? We're going to play some audio of Adam Putnam, who announced he's running for governor this week. We'll do that this half hour. Good Friday morning. It's 7.03 on News Radio 102.5. President Trump says he'd like to know if Russia meddled in the presidential election. In an interview with NBC Nightly News, Trump says he wants to know about any interference in the U.S. election system. If Russia or anybody else is trying to interfere with our elections, I think it's a horrible thing, and I want to get to the bottom of it, and I want to make sure it will never, ever happen. President Trump is blaming Democrats for the probe into possible Russian ties with the Trump campaign. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Some FBI officials have a different account from Donald Trump about how a dinner meeting went down between the president and James Comey. Trump told NBC Thursday that the former FBI chief told him he wasn't under investigation for collusion with the Russians. But a former senior official says Comey would have never told Trump he wasn't under investigation. Comey also reportedly refused to pledge loyalty to Trump at that dinner, something FBI officials say sounds like what Comey would have done. In Washington, Florida GOP Senator Marco Rubio got the chance to ask the man who took James Comey's place how the firing of the FBI director is affecting the nation's premier law enforcement agency. Mr. McCabe, has the dismissal of Mr. Comey in any way impeded, interrupted, stopped, or negatively impacted any of the work, any investigation, or any ongoing projects at the Federal Bureau of Investigations. You cannot stop the men and women of the FBI from doing the right thing. Which Andrew McCabe said includes keeping the American people safe and defending the Constitution. The exchange happened during a Senate hearing on global threats to American security. Most Americans say President Trump's firing of FBI Director James Comey was not appropriate. 
A new NBC News survey monkey poll shows 54 percent of people don't believe the firing was appropriate, while 38 percent thought it was. Those results are largely split along partisan lines. When asked what caused Trump to remove Comey, 46 percent of people pointed to the FBI investigation into Russian meddling in the presidential election. Even NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden says he's concerned by the firing. Really? Yeah. I, I was just going to say it's so shocking that it's split on political partisan I know. line. No. Who would have ever thought that? I know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> in local news, uh, families who lost children in the Pulse nightclub massacre are now on a mission to ring church bells across the country and the world in remembrance of the tragedy. The survivors of Pulse victims and the One Orlando Alliance are seeking 49 churches to ring their bells 49 times on June 12th in honor of the victims killed at the nightclub last year. 34 churches in places like Texas and Michigan and abroad in Puerto Rico and Ecuador have already signed up. Churches looking to participate are directed to sign up at 49bells.org. And finally, I promised you the details about the tourism numbers. And oh, yeah. It, yeah, tourists are flocking to Orlando and record-breaking numbers. Numbers released yesterday by Visit Orlando showed 68 million tourists passed through Orange, Osceola, and Seminole counties last year, a number that beat 2015 figures by 2 million visitors. The number accounts for visitors who stayed at local hotels and passed through Orlando area theme parks, and the uptick in visitors was in spite of a drop in South American tourism and concerns of the Zika virus here in Florida. Yeah, they were concerned for a while that the Zika virus would scare people away, but... I mean, it's Harry Potter. <laughs> they're, they're not afraid of Zika. You know, it's funny you mention <laughs> Harry Potter because I've got a Harry Potter story that I'm going to be uh, bringing to you at eight o'clock this morning. Okay, good. I'm not like I'm not like a fan of Harry Potter. I am. Are you? Well, have you read all the books and seen oh, all the movies? Oh, I'm not as big of a fan of the movies. The books, as books just are, just so much richer and being able to tell yeah. a story. But yes, I am not ashamed to admit that my mother, my sister-in-law, and myself dressed up in costume and waited in line at midnight for the uh, book seven's release. Really? Oh yeah. So when I was at Islands of Adventure last time, the longest line in the park was to buy the wands. Yeah. One of the Harry Potter oh, ones. Oh, yeah, at Ollivander's wands. That was the longest, I swear to God, that was the longest <laughs> line in the park. Wait till this <laughs> I Christmas didn't understand it. when they when the uh, Harry Potter holidays is going to be coming to Universal Studios this year. It's the first year you're going to be able to celebrate Christmas with Harry oh, Potter. Dear. I'm you not thought ready. the yeah, you thought the line for the wands was long. <laughs> I'll be in the line for the butterbeer. <laughs> all right. Yeah, well yeah, we knew that. <laughs> Just kidding. Not at all. I wasn't. WFLA News Time 707. Read about the acting FBI chief saying the Russia probe is quote highly significant at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Yes, and this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Tom Benson is filling in for me on the producer side. And then we have Bryce screening your calls at 407-916-5400. And, Deb, you had given us the news earlier this week that Adam Putnam announced that he's running for governor. State Agriculture Commissioner, great guy. I mean, I haven't spoken to anybody in 25 years of doing news who's ever had a bad word to say about Adam Putnam. Well, he spent, you know, he's 42 now. He got elected when he was 22. He spent his entire adult life in public service. Wow. Very popular lawmaker on both sides of the aisle. Well, and some are saying he's the front runner. I really think he is. You know, he's up against Gwen Graham. I think Gwen Graham, if there's anyone that could potentially give him a run for his money, and and that's a tepid run, 
Yeah. I, I can't see Tallahassee Mayor Andrew Gillum making much headway and not really a lot of people know if anybody knows. You're talking about on the Republican side? Uh, no, these are the only candidates right now. As it stands, Adam yeah. Putnam is the only Republican who's entered the race right now. We have three Democrats who have to, who've already yeah. launched their campaign. And They're we're not waiting. big names, though. No, we've Gwen Graham is the biggest. Right. Then we got Tallahassee we're Mayor s- Andrew Gillum. And then we have Orlando businessman Chris King still waiting on word on what's going to happen with John Morgan. Yeah, that's the one everyone's waiting for. So exactly. I'm going to play some audio from the speech of Adam Putnam. I actually really liked a lot of what I heard. So we'll, we'll get to that. And we have Orlando's news, weather and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. And this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. We're talking about Adam Putnam, who announced earlier this week that he is running for governor of the state. And, you know, I'm not an expert on him. He's, he was in uh, Congress, in the U.S. Congress, for 10 years from Florida. And then he was the agricultural commissioner. Obviously, a real conservative guy. And um, I, I just happened to be listening to his speech. I went back and I listened to a lot of his speech that he gave in the Bartow area when he was announcing his run for governor. And I have to admit, I like a lot of what he said. He's definitely a much more compelling speaker than Rick Scott. So he's got that going for him. Not that that was a high bar to (laughs) jump over or anything, but definitely a much more compelling speaker. And he's got name recognition you know, obviously on the Democrat side, everyone's waiting to see if John Morgan's going to run because John Morgan's the one who's got the name recognition on the Democrat side. And there have been there were early polls that show that John Morgan could win. So, by the way, do you think John Morgan's going to run for a seven nine one six fifty four hundred? But I want to play some of the audio here from Adam Putnam um, when he announced his run for governor and see what you guys think about it. And if this would be good for the state of Florida. Here it is. Uh, go ahead with that, Tom Benson. Some people say that this doesn't exist anymore, that this doesn't happen anymore. Flags flying, high school bands playing, prayer on the courthouse steps, World War II veterans and children shoulder to shoulder, generations coming together in common cause, people from all backgrounds in every corner of this state in one place united behind this movement. I can't think of a better place to begin this. But those, for those people who say that this doesn't exist anymore, that this doesn't happen anymore, ladies and gentlemen, the American dream is alive and well, and it's right here this morning. I can't imagine a better setting to begin this journey. I can't imagine a better place to announce that I am running for governor of the state of Florida. So there's no doubt that he has a kind of optimistic message. And he's kind of trying to appeal to the conservative base in Florida, appeal to traditional American values. And I have to say it's kind of refreshing to hear that. We definitely don't hear enough of this in our pop culture and not even enough of it from Washington, really. What did you guys think of that? I want, I'm going to play a couple more cuts in the next segment. We're going to take your calls. 407-916-5400. Text to 23680. Um, what did you guys think of what he said there? What do you guys think of him running and does he have a chance?
We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So I played some audio of Adam Putnam, who announced uh, this week that he's running for governor in Florida. Definitely has a conservative message in trying to appeal to American values. And I uh, had one person, uh, I have a few people texting in. You can text to 23680. One person texted in and said, Putnam is definitely the favorite now. But if Morgan enters, John Morgan, he will have a Trump-like appeal and fascination with voters. I don't know about that. I see what he's saying, but it's interesting you bring up the Trump-like appeal. Because in this next cut of Adam Putnam from his speech I'm going to play, you can tell he's kind of trying to sound a little bit like Trump in his speech here. This is what he said. Go ahead and play cut two for me, Tom Benson. But make no mistake, for me, it has always been Florida first. Florida's conservative leadership has created an environment where businesses can create jobs, where Floridians can find work and families can prosper. It was conservative principles that cut our state's unemployment rate in half, and our state is growing once again. But we've got so much more yet to be done. We have to put Florida first so that we're more than a prize for a life well lived someplace else, we can make Florida the launch pad for the American dream. Put Florida first. Florida first. Said it like three times. Does that remind you of anyone? Donald Trump, America first, America first. Trying to sound a little Trumpian. Very interesting. I haven't heard that on the state level like we have in the national level. But I really like this last comment here by Adam Putnam that I'm going to play which he um, stands up for his principles and beliefs. I will protect our Second Amendment rights. We take those seriously in the state of Florida. (laughs) Fighting, Fighting for faith, for families, for freedom, these things are non negotiable. We have a moral obligation to defend life, a duty to protect our constitutional freedoms and a responsibility to keep our borders, our cities, and our neighborhoods safe and secure. Well, there you go. And he mentioned borders there, trying to sound like Trump again. But a very conservative message, and I really liked what he had to say. So far, I mean, he, he's my favorite. What do you guys think? 407-916-5400. Let's take a call here. Let's go to Dusty and Apopka. Dusty, how are you this morning? Good morning, Mike. It's great to hear you. Um... First off, I like Putman. Everything that he said so far has been spot on. Yeah, I thought so too. The person that really concerns me is Morgan. He absolutely terrifies me. He's as liberal as the day is long, and he's for sanctuary cities, which is probably one of the worst things that Florida can ever do. That's that's very true. So you think John Morgan's going to run? I think so. He's very heavy into politics. He's already a lawyer, and he knows all about yeah. the <laughs> – yeah, exactly. Um, and it just – it's a glory grab for Morgan. Interesting. All right, Dusty, appreciate you as always calling in. Uh, let's take another call here. Ben in Claremont, what do you think about this, Ben? Well, I think Putnam says all the right things, and I think he stands a good chance of, of being a governor, and he'd make a good governor, I think. 
But I prefer Grady Judd, and I would actually nominate Grady Judd because we need law and order established back in this country, not a bunch of pretty talk. It's very interesting you bring up Grady Judd. Grady Judd was at Putnam's announcement. I think Putnam thanked Grady Judd for that. So I I have a feeling that Grady Judd's um, supporting Putnam. So would that make you uh, support Putnam even more? Well, yeah, I would support Putnam. Putnam regardless, but he's still a politician. He's a professional politician. We need a a blood and guts guy in there. Interesting. All right, Ben, I appreciate your call. Very interesting take. I don't think Grady Judd is going to run, though. I don't don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I'm getting some more texts coming in. One person said that uh, marijuana is going to be the deciding factor in this year's governor's race. The right needs to wake up and accept that this is what the people want. Whoever supports legalizing uh, recreational or medical marijuana will be our next governor, which obviously that would mean John Morgan. We'll see. I don't know if the state's there yet, but I do think some in my lifetime, recreational marijuana will be legalized in Florida and across the country. I just think that's happened. Another person said Morgan will get all of the uneducated voters. Um, and uh, somebody... Somebody just texted in Trump Jr., my favorite. He will trounce Morgan. I don't know if he's talking about actual Trump Jr. If he's talking about calling Putnam Trump Jr. But um, very interesting. A lot of negative comments about John Morgan on our text line, obviously. He's definitely a leftist. He's definitely a liberal Democrat. And he's going to run the state like that if he runs and if he wins. So we'll see what happens. All right, we have Deborah Roberts who's going to come in and update us on the latest news at the bottom of the hour, including the interview with Trump on NBC News. And a human-sized rat trap prevents campaign sign thieves. I have to hear the latest about this from Deborah Roberts. We have that. It is six it is 729 here on Good Morning Orlando. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This is Good Morning Orlando. I am Yaffe filling in for Bud, and I have... The one and only Deborah Roberts, who's going to update us on the latest news here at the bottom of the hour. How are you this morning, Deb? You know, fat and sassy like usual. Happy no. it's Friday. No, that's not what you are. No. No? Uh-oh. You're skinny and nice. Oh. <laughs> See, I, I know I know how to make people you, happy. Yeah, you do. When they're in the room with me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, I can't wait to hear about your rat trap story, but first you have some other news for us this morning. Yeah, definitely. And the rat trap, can you imagine if, if this idea had come about during the presidential election? <laughs> well, I actually... During the break, I saw a picture of it. Did you? On, on the TV. Yeah, very Pretty impressive, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, interesting idea. Yeah, it is. But first, our, our big story of the day is President Trump says he knows he's not under investigation for alleged ties to Russia. In an interview with NBC Nightly News, Trump said he received that assurance from former FBI Director James Comey. Trump said he fired Comey this week because he just wants somebody who's, quote, competent in the job. He called Comey a showboat and a grandstander. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. So many leaks, so many different reports coming from the White House, so many different things. It has been an unorganized mess. And of all the things I would think Comey could be called, I I would never think to call him a showboat or a grandstander. Yeah, I mean, I, I get what he's saying because... The FBI, the head of the FBI, isn't supposed to be in the media that as much as Comey has been. Yeah. But yeah, Showboat and Grandstander are, are just, I, to me, they're just odd descriptions yeah. of him. 
Yeah, and Comey's been very uh, classy about all of this. Yeah. He's the least upset I know. about him getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> Comey himself is not upset about it. <laughs> he, he's chilling like a villain. <laughs> exactly you right. Know? This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Okay, a Pennsylvania man has come up with a foolproof way to keep thieves from stealing his campaign signs. A human-sized rat trap. Joseph Kowalczyk, who's running for township supervisor in Norwegian Township, Pennsylvania, says people have been coming into his yard and stealing his signs, which prompted him to take action. Now, although the trap isn't real, it has served its purpose so far, weighing in at (laughs) 250 pounds. Wow. That's a big rat trap. That's quite a project. It is, but (laughs) it makes for a great viral picture. Everyone's talking about his story now, you know? That's true, yeah. Like I said, I just saw it on the TV. Yeah, name recognition. Although I kind of interpreted it a little bit different. You did? Well, I thought when I first saw it, I'm like, is he sending a message that the person on the campaign sign is the one that's going to trap you? Or is that the rat? Yeah, or yeah, is that guy supposed to be the right? Oh, you're right. That could that could backfire on him. <laughs> yeah, it, that was, for some reason, that was the first thought in my mind. But it's just, he just wanted people to stop stealing his sign. Exactly. But when you look at it, you're like, is he saying that guy is the rat and we shouldn't vote for that guy? I don't mm-hmm. know. You probably have given him food for thought. <laughs> yes. I'm the nice guy. Don't steal the sign. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, imagine a Texas man's surprise when he was pulled over by a police officer and was told the best news ever. Don't normally combine that in the same sentence, but that's what the Hearst, Texas resident Jared Wright and his wife Nikki got about recently. The Texas Army veteran found out he was becoming a father after a police officer pulled him over. Really? Yeah. The viral video shows the officer saying, the reason I stopped you was because you've got a child in the car without a car seat. Wright denied the accusation only to turn (laughs) around and see his wife holding a positive pregnancy test. Oh, that's cool. Isn't that sweet? (laughs) Isn't that sweet? That's clever. That's clever. I thought so, too. So, Deb, we've been talking about uh, Adam Putnam running for governor. And you you had actually liked one one thing he said as well. I played the cut about him basically saying this should not just be a destination for retirees. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't. He made a really great point that, you know, Florida is more than a place where people come to live out their golden years after a life well lived somewhere else. Right. You know, there's no reason why we can't have that here in Florida. Exactly. And we got a call who has a take on that as well. Let's go to a Josh. Josh, how are you today? Hey, um, I just want to say this. I, I, we don't need another attorney. We need an actual real occupation. He's a Florida farmer. I knew him for a while, and I ran. I helped volunteer in his uh, agriculture, uh, head of agriculture. I like him. He's awesome. We need him for governor. Yeah, it huh? is interesting. You know, he's a fifth-generation Floridian. He's got his feet both and and cattle and citrus. Um, so he knows, you know, the, the the challenges that are facing the agriculture community in Florida, which has yeah. been just devastated over the last few years. Um, you know, he yep. talked about his 4-H project when he was launching his bid for governor, talking about his uh, Georgia boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josh, thank you so much for your call. Yeah, interesting that he's a farmer. You can tell he's trying to reach out to the farming community. Yeah. Believe it or not, there's still a farming community in Florida. Believe it, it or exists. not, it's a multi, multi-billion dollar industry. It is yeah. not something to be looked down your nose at. Yeah, uh, they are often forgotten. Yes, in they the state, are. But they're there and he's not forgetting about them. So we'll see if that works.
Um, Deb, thank you so much. And You're you'll welcome. join us at the top of the hour, of course. Yes, I better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. All right, good. Technically, I'm back home in bed, but I'll be back at eight. <laughs> <laughs> by, by the way, there are many different ways to listen to the station. Obviously, you can get us on the FM 102.5 or on AM 540, but you can also listen to us on the iHeart radio app which actually i use all the time i do too and the best thing about the app is that it's free you can carry it on any of your smart devices and you don't ever have to worry about uh interference or the signal strength yeah. or being able That's to take the station true. up yeah you can carry you can literally carry us with you everywhere you go so yeah if you want to listen to the live show you can on the iHeartRadio app but you can also listen to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app as well if you search for Bud Hedinger, or you can also listen to my podcast, the Beyond Reason Radio podcast on iHeartRadio. Just search for that, and that's up there as well. Of course, you can get all um, our, your favorite shows on our station, Glenn Beck, Rush, Dave Ramsey, or all you can listen on the iHeartRadio app as well. So what you want to do is go to the Google Play or the Apple App Store, download the iHeartRadio app there, or you can go to iHeartRadio.com. Calm. Okay, so we have sound judgment coming up in the next segment. Sound judgment, 407-916-5400. If you want a chance to win a great prize, we have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. Yes, and this is Yaffe, the producer filling in for Bud. Bud is taking his granddaughter to the Magic Kingdom with family. So he will not be here today, but he'll be back on Monday. No, no big deal. But that does not mean we're not going to do sound judgment. Of course, we have to do sound judgment because we have to give away a great prize. So you can call 407-916-5400 when someone gets the wrong answer. And Bryce, who is call screening for us today, will tell you what you can win. You can win a four-pack of tickets to enjoy an afternoon of blues and grooves. Saturday, May 20th in the historic Mount Dora. Four great blues artists, specialty foods, beer, wine, and all the right ingredients to get your mojo working. Following the concerts will be blues jams after parties throughout Mount Dora. For tickets, go to bluesandgrooves.com. Bands include the New Voo Honkies, the Florida Boogie J.P. Soars, and the Red Hots, the Big Band Blues of Doug Demings, and the Jewel Tones, and the West Coast Blues Band John Clifton. Yeah, it should be a, light, should be a fun show, fun event, especially if you like blues music. Now, this sound judgment question might actually put you, give you the blues, because there was a show that was canceled this week, and it's like one of my favorite shows, a really funny show. So I'm going to play a clip of the show, and I want you to use your sound judgment. By the way, this has been all over the news, but I want you to use your sound judgment and tell me the name of this show that was canceled this week. Here's a clip of the show. Do you want me to give you some notes before you send it in? Why, send it in? What do you mean? The faculty committee needs to approve it after they check for microaggressions. <laughs> microaggressions? You mean like midget warriors? <laughs> no, they're objectionable words or phrases. For instance, midget warriors. I know what microaggressions are. It's the latest liberal attack at free speech. And a lot of fun if you do them right. The university has a list of stuff they don't allow speakers to say, you know, to protect the students. From what, ideas? It's just the way that my school does things, Dad. Please, my grade is writing on this. Fine. I love this show. I'm very, very upset that it was canceled. Really funny show. Um, so 407-916-5400, tell me, what is the name of that show? Let's go to a line three. Line three, what's the name of that show? 
up. Line three hung up. Let's go to line four. Line four, what is the name of that show? Last Man Standing. That is exactly right. With none other than Tim Allen. Have you ever watched that show? Are you a fan of that show at all? Oh, I love that show. I didn't know it was getting canceled, though. I hadn't heard that. Now I'm sad. (laughs) (laughs) See, I told you we were going to give you the blues today. Yeah, it it was announced this week, despite good ratings. It actually was on Friday nights. It had like 6 million people watch it. Um, had good ratings, does really well in syndication. I and I watch it later on demand, but I, I have always liked that show. And I know it's conservative and that makes me like it, but I just think it's a really funny show in general. Um, but you're a big fan of that show? Oh, yes. I, I do the same thing. I watch it on demand. Oh, man, I know. It, it's, it's really depressing. I'm, I'm really upset. So, But luckily the reruns are still on. All right, what's your name and where are you calling from today? Michelle from Sanford. Michelle from Sanford, are you excited about Blues and Grooves? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. All right, well, we'll put you on hold, and um, Bryce will tell you how you can how you can uh, pick up your prize. Great, thank you. Not a problem at all. Yeah, last man standing. A lot of controversy on that in the news this week because a lot of people think it was canceled because of its conservative views, and he's openly conservative in that show. And, you know, that show a couple of years ago used to be really, really political. And I've noticed the past couple of seasons, not, not as much. I mean, he'll say things like in that clip, but it's not as much political. There was a couple of years ago, like, especially like 2012 and the Romney campaign, where it was like super political in every episode, not so much now. But I, st- I still thought it was a really funny show and uh, really underrated. I wonder who the writers are. I mean, if they can write that kind of stuff for this show, uh, one of these same writers can write that kind of stuff for another show. You know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, part of it is Tim Allen because he is he's a conservative himself. But it's just it's just a really fun show, and it's it, you don't see anything like it anymore. So it's I'm definitely sad that it was canceled. All right, we have the Rush Morning Update coming up in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 102.5 WFLA. So in the next half hour, we're going to play some of the Trump interview with Lester Holt. I just got a text coming in that's very interesting. It said, I should replay Levin, Mark Levin, asking for just one Russia name. He said that on Fox Wednesday night. Well, actually, I did play that audio on my show last night called Beyond Reason Radio, which... You can catch the podcast of the show anywhere podcasts are available. My show plays in the evenings on this station. You got to listen to my show to hear the good stuff like that because I actually did play that audio. And I thought Mark Levin actually made an excellent point when he was asking Chuck Schumer, the Democrats, just name one Russian that Trump has been in collusion with in the campaign. They they, they haven't named anything. They, They don't have any specifics on this. They're just creating a narrative. So, and then he talked about how the Democrats, you know, they haven't called for a special prosecutor for anything Hillary did, or they didn't do any special prosecutors for a bunch of other things in the Obama administration. And now all of a sudden they want a special prosecutor. So very interesting. But I want you, um, whoever texted that, to go listen to my show from last night. Go to beyondreasonradio.com or download the Beyond Reason radio app. Good morning, Orlando. This is Orlando's News, Weather, and Traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Filling in for Bud today, I'm Michael Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, President Trump says he had no dealings with Russia and a rabies alert has been issued for Orange County. We'll have the details in one minute. So we're going to play some of that interview that Trump had with NBC's Lester Holt. We'll do that this half hour. 
And good Friday morning. It's 8.02 on News Radio 1025. President Trump says he wants to find out if Russia meddled in the presidential election. We have to get back to work, but I want to find out. I want to get to the bottom. If Russia hacked, if Russia did anything having to do with our election, I want to know about it. In an interview for NBC Nightly News, Trump said claims that his campaign was in collusion with Russia is a setup by the Democrats. Trump added that he has no investments or business dealings with Russia and is in, quote, total compliance. He added if Russia tried to interfere in the election, it is, quote, a horrible thing. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Sean Spicer, in the meantime, is set to go back before reporters for the first time since the day earlier this week that President Trump fired FBI Director James Comey. The White House press secretary has been out on Naval Reserve duty, and Deputy Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders has been handling the daily press briefings for the past couple of days. Spicer was criticized, however, for being off near the bushes outside the White House Tuesday when the news of Comey's dismissal first broke. So the Spicer Show's coming back. Spicer Show. That's what I like to call it. <laughs> it's a it's, show. Yeah, it gets good ratings. Oh, yeah, it does. That's what even Trump said. He tweeted that out one day. <laughs> I can't decide, though, if I like Sean in the role or Melissa McCarthy. I really like Melissa as Sean Spicer. <laughs> well, I really do. Well, you think Trump should just hire Melissa McCarthy? I really do. <laughs> just Along with the him. motorized podium. The motorized podium's got to come with her. If Sean Spicer actually like somehow got a motorized podium and used that, <laughs> that would be something to see. <laughs> that I would I would fly to D.C. just so I could be part of that press briefing. Just, just that one time, yeah, please. Yeah, that would be awesome. Please. Closer to home, the Florida Department of Health has issued a rabies alert for the southwest area of Orange County. The animal control um, department from the Orange County had trapped and confirmed a rabid raccoon. We're also cautious about feral cats. This rabid raccoon perhaps could have encountered in the past and infected a feral cat in the general area. Kent Donahue of the Health Department says the alert area is located south of the beach line, west of the Florida Turnpike, east of Orangewood Boulevard, and north of Deerfield Boulevard. Contact with feral cats, stray dogs, and all wildlife, especially raccoons, should be avoided, and domestic animals are at risk if they're not vaccinated against rabies. In other local news, Orlando is experiencing one of the driest years on record. From January through this month, National Weather Service figures for the city have measured just over three inches of total rainfall for the Central Florida Hub City, that number ties the second lowest amount of rainfall in Orlando through the mid-year since regular record-keeping of meteorological data began in the city in the late 19th century. Florida's rainy season is expected to hopefully begin sometime later this month and end sometime in November. And finally, you've been teasing so much about, uh, you know, the long lines at Harry Potter at Universal Studios. <laughs> yes. British police turns out we have a real Harry Potter mystery on our hands. You only did the story to play this music. Yes, I did. <laughs> British police say a Harry Potter prequel, handwritten by J.K. Rowling, has been stolen in a Birmingham burglary. Really? Yes. The story, written on a large postcard, was sold at a charity auction in 2008. Police say the postcard was stolen with some jewelry from a Birmingham property in April. Police are now issuing a plea for information to, quote, Harry, po- uh, Harry Potter fans throughout the world. Oh, no. About the postcard. This guy is not going to, whoever stole it. Not going to get it back. You have, <laughs> hell is going to rain down upon you. Oh, my goodness. Because the prequel is reportedly set three years before Harry Potter's birth and features the schoolboy wizard's father and godfather, <laughs> Sirius Black.
when they were teenage wizards. You are so excited right now. (laughs) If I could get my hands on that. (laughs) Not only would I be rich, but I would know what would happen three years before Harry was even born. Yeah, so are they, I mean, is there actually going to be a book coming out? Or yeah, that's is it the something thing. that she just thought about doing and never? Well, no. I mean, she's got manuscripts for like after, you know, at the, uh-huh. you know, the end of the seventh book and this prequel. But she said she's done with Harry Potter and she's not really? putting out any more books. But there's still hope, you know, wow. amongst the Harry Potter fans that someday she will change her mind. Wow. I mean, you are like a kid in a candy store right now with dealing with this. It's, it's, it's kind of funny to watch. <laughs> I'm not like a big Harry Potter fan or anything, so I, I, I don't know. Yeah, you're a muggle. WFLA <laughs> News Time 807. That's, that's someone who's born without magic. So oh, you know. okay. Dude, when you said that, Bryce in the control room looked at me like you gave me the worst insult on the planet. <laughs> that's because he's a Harry Potter <laughs> fan. He's actually a nomad because he's American muggle. Oh, oh there we go. Come on, Deb. Okay, okay. Fantastic Beasts? Yes. And where to find them? Yep, okay, there you exactly. go. Are we, we're speaking a completely uh, different language with you guys, aren't we? Should we talk Star, star Wars next? Yeah. <laughs> I can talk Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave you boys to that part. <laughs> WFLA Newstime, it's 8.07. Read about Orlando setting a new tourism record. All those Harry Potter fans going to check out Harry Potter at Universal Studios and the other theme parks yeah, in town. Yeah, it is making us a lot of money. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, 68 million people coming, but you can read all the details at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Yes, this is Yaffe, the producer filling in for Bud. We are going to play some of that interview that President Trump had with uh, NBC's Lester Holt. He defends his actions in firing Comey. A little bit of miscommunication going on there, though. It's kind of different than what he said originally and what his White House was saying originally. So we'll try to I'll try to be a voice of reason through all of that. And um, Tom Benson, the producer, has an idea of who should be the new FBI director. So we're going to get to that as well. Very intriguing. Yeah, that in Orlando's news, weather and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So, I I mean, I kind of like that Trump does all this stuff on Twitter because we know what the president of the United States is thinking because Trump has to tell us what he's thinking at all times. But there's a part of me that agrees with, like, say, Michael Savage. Now, Michael Savage is a radio host. He was a big supporter of Trump. He came out this week and said that Trump, to regain control of his presidency, he's got to get off Twitter. In fact, he's kind of kind of got to take a break for a while do some presidential stuff, maybe a foreign tour or something, and kind of take a break from all of this because the left is just going nuts. The left has become completely unhinged about this all the way, which is just crazy. I mean, some of the tweets that came out in response to Trump firing Comey is just, it's just crazy. It's just beyond reason, as I, I like to say. I mean, Cher, Cher of all people, tweeted out in response. She said, Trump says... One of the reasons he fired FBI Director Comey is because of what he did to Hillary Clinton. God, he is a gutless, lying traitor. She's so mad. But then Trump feeds into all this, and then he gets mad. And it's just, come on, man. You're still president of the United States. All right, let's, um, let's, 
I'm just thrown off by some of these tweets this morning. I mean, it's just, it's just funny. It's just amazing. He just creates so much news for us. So let's uh, listen to some of some of the interview that he did with Lester Holt uh, last night where he talked about and defended his decision to fire Comey. And it's a little bit different than what his aides were saying this week, which is why Trump is going on a Twitter storm saying, well, they can't be accurate all the time. I think for something like this big, I think they should be accurate. I mean, I know that's asking a lot, but I'm just saying, all right, this is what, here's some of the interview. Look, he's a showboat. He's a grandstander. The FBI has been in turmoil. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows that. You take a look at the FBI a year ago. It was in virtual turmoil less than a year ago. It hasn't recovered from that. Monday, you met with the Deputy Attorney General, Rod Rosenstein. Right. Did you ask for a recommendation? Uh, what I did is I was going to fire Comey. My decision. It was not... You had made the decision before they came uh, in the I, I was going to fire Comey. Uh, I, there's no good time to do it, by the way. Uh, they, because in your letter, you said I, I accepted, accepted their recommendation. Yeah, well, they so you also, had already made the decision. I, oh, I was going to fire regardless of recommendation. So there was they, really room. He made a recommendation. He's highly respected. Very good guy, very smart guy. Uh, the Democrats like him. The Republicans like him. Uh, he made a recommendation. But regardless of recommendation, I was going to fire Comey. Let me ask okay, you stop about right your there. termination letter. Go ahead and pause right there for me. Okay. Honestly, what Trump said there is okay. He can fire the director of the FBI for that reason if he wants to. And it was obvious to a lot of people that he had been wanting to fire Comey for a while. He needed an excuse to do it. He got the letters from the attorney generals, and then he made he fired him. But why didn't you just say that from the beginning? Because that is different than what your aides have been saying. Just say that from the beginning. There could have been a much better way to go about doing this. According to a lot of reports, his aides and people in the Trump communication team were thrown off guard by this, by how all this was done. And of course, this is because our president, Donald Trump, he's not, he's very new at this and he does things very unorthodox. But I mean, you got to handle stuff like this better. In the very beginning, the, a lot of the staff members had only the uh, statement to go off yeah. to talk about. So they, you know, attributed to, it to the statement, but the statement wasn't fully correct. Right. Now, that being said, this does not mean he should be impeached. The Democrats have been going crazy, basically saying he should be impeached, that he's a Russian spy or something. That, you know, whatever. I mean, some of the tweets out from leftists out there is just unbelievable. No, no. Incompetence. Yes, there's some incompetence in all this. That does not equal impeachment. What is the crime you're going to charge him of to impeach him? There is no crime here. And there still isn't any real proof that there was collusion between him and the Russians in the campaign. You better come up with some real proof and actually have it and stop just creating some narrative. But we know the Democrats are not going to stop that. 407-916-5400. Text to 23680. We'll play more of the interview and more and get your reaction. Coming up, and we have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So I don't know what's more surreal. What's more surreal? Trump's tweets today, and he tweeted yesterday. You know what he tweeted yesterday? He tweeted to Rosie O'Donnell, 
said, we finally agree on something. Uh-oh. In response, because Rosie a year ago, well, a few months ago, I guess, tweeted, fire Comey. Trump found that tweet, retweeted back to her saying, we finally agree on something. It's the end times. <laughs> yeah, again, of them agreeing on something. So that's surreal. But then you look at like some of the tweets like Jim Carrey. Yes, the actor comedian Jim Carrey had to tweet about Trump and Comey. I, you know, this is one thing that makes me, bums me out about Twitter. I don't want to know Jim Carrey's political views because I like him. So I don't want to hate him. <laughs> but he said, uh, Trump fires Comey. Absolute obstruction of justice. Absolute evil. Exclamation point and then a bunch of exclamation points. I mean, come on, people. <laughs> Let's get a grip here a little bit. Yes, he didn't handle this the best. But it doesn't mean he's evil. And should be impeached and eventually convicted and thrown out of office. But uh, the Democrats are going down that road. You have uh, Senator Richard Blumenthal, who came out on CNN earlier this week and basically said that's where this could lead to. Here is the audio of that for me. If you can play that for me, Tom. Do you believe, I mean, you talked about this as a looming constitutional crisis. You stand by that. You think it's that serious? It is a looming constitutional crisis because it involves a potential confrontation, as did Watergate, between the president and other branches of government. And it may well produce another United States versus Nixon on a subpoena that went to the United States Supreme Court. It may well produce impeachment proceedings, although we're very far from that possibility. And right now, the president has not been charged. And there is a investigation underway, which should be given the kind of integrity and independence that it deserves. And it still is. Rubio even asked the acting FBI director yesterday if anything's going to stop with the investigation, and he said no. Trump himself has said no, he doesn't want to stop the investigation. That isn't why he fired him. But the left is going to keep on that narrative. So in terms of how this could lead to impeachment or whatever, I found some audio audio of radio host Mark Levin. He was on Hannity uh, a couple nights ago. And I thought he put this well when he was asking the Democrats, he turned it back on them because they're asking for a special prosecutor and they're going down this whole road of impeachment. He turns it back on them with some questions to them. And I thought it was good. This is what he said. Has nothing to do with Watergate. But of course, the media and the Democrats, one and the same, wanted to deal with Watergate. The president did not order in any respect an end to the Russian investigation. But I have a couple questions, if I might. For Chuck Schumer, who is the leading demagogue in all this. Tell me something, Mr. Schumer. Can you name a single Russian, just one, who colluded with Donald Trump in his campaign? Just give us one. One. You got intelligence committees who've been investigating. You've had this interminable federal investigation that's gone on. Let's have it. Now, I have another question for Mr. Schumer. You like these independent special prosecutors. Sean, have you noticed they all use the same phrases? We can't trust the Justice Department to investigate. They can't even name the FBI agents who are involved in this investigation. I'm sure they are career agents that'll do their job, regardless of who the FBI director is. But Mr. Schumer likes these independent special prosecutors. Let me ask you something, sir. Do you support an independent special prosecutor for Hillary Clinton and her multiple violations of the Espionage Act? Do you support an independent special prosecutor for the Obama administration's surveillance and unmasking of Trump transition team members and God knows who else? 
The Israeli ambassador was surveilled. The, the prime minister of Israel was surveilled. Members of Congress were surveilled. Jewish leaders and Jewish groups were surveilled. How about an independent investigation of that? Got another one, Mr. Schumer. How about an independent special prosecutor to investigate this whole seedy Iranian deal with the secret deals, the ransom payments, the release of terrorists that we find out after the fact? I thought he raised some excellent questions, especially at the beginning when he said, okay, let's have it. Let's have the evidence. Name one Russian that Trump was in collusion with. One. Just one. Let's have it. This investigation's been going on forever. Where's the actual evidence? We hear a lot of speculation. We hear a lot of vague talk. But I still haven't seen actual concrete evidence. And I know they say the investigation is still going on. Come on. I need something. Uh, even I want to know if it's there. I want to know. Maybe I'm just too impatient, but I thought Mark Levin brought up some great points on that. All right. We have Deborah Roberts, who's going to come in at the bottom of the hour and update us on the latest news. It is 829 on Good Morning Orlando. It is 833 on Good Morning Orlando. And that means Deborah Roberts is joining me in the studio and she's going to tell us about the hottest topics in the news yeah and what's going on in the world so what do you got for us deb well we'll do the crazy and then we'll do the fun okay sounds good president trump is stressing once uh, again i knew uh, that's what you were gonna do <laughs> yeah he's uh, stressing once again that well you know it's 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 like you can't keep track of all of it president trump <laughs> is stressing is once again yeah that he's not under investigation in the russia probe in an interview for nbc uh, nightly news last night trump said fbi director james comey gave him that assurance trump fired comey this week and later said he was not doing a good job he also insisted that the fbi was in turmoil under comey but acting fbi director and Andrew McCabe refuted that claim in a Senate hearing yesterday, saying Comey, in fact, has broad support in the FBI. Trump also appeared to contradict earlier statements from the administration when he said he had already decided he was going to fire Comey, regardless of the recommendation of the attorney general or of the deputy AG. Yeah, and he tweeted out today something that I read earlier in response to that. He says, as a very active president with lots of things happening it's not possible for my surrogates to stand uh, at podium with perfect accuracy. <clears throat> That's not, yeah. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Yeah, they kind of should. Yeah, you should, <laughs> you should probably inform them what to say before they Well, they should at least be it. aware of what you're going to be saying so that, you know, yeah. you, you give, you know. I think I think a lot of this is just because it's Donald Trump. And this how he is. His knee-jerk reaction to well, things. Well, he's in a completely different game. Oh, you know? that's true. And, and, and there's growing pains for everybody when you try something new. Yeah. And my magnanimous portion of the show is now over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for it. All right, continue on, Deb. All right. Well, how about now we have some fun? I don't know what to make of this story because it's kind of crazy. A Chinese man has had two ballpoint pens removed from his intestines. That he swallowed 36 years prior. Oh, 30. It just stayed. Just. Yeah. Kind of like chewing gum. <laughs> 36 years, though. No, but, you know, when they always just tease you and your kid, don't yeah. swallow the gum. It'll never it'll stay there the rest of your life. Is that true? I don't believe so. But apparently it is that. true with pens. Because <laughs> yeah, apparently. The 50-year-old swallowed the pens as part of a bet when he was 14. <laughs> oh, man. And it wasn't until they showed up in an x-ray in February that he even recalled the incident. 
it's amazing he hasn't had like any problems from it. And that's what he said. He says he initially thought he had digested them because they never caused him any discomfort. Wow. The man had the pens, which were still mostly intact, were surgically removed and has since been discharged from a Jiangsu province hospital. Would it be something if he started having problems now? If yeah. like the pen was preventing them or <laughs> <Exactly>. something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be the breakthrough medical news of tomorrow. Swallow, Swallow a pen. Yes. It'll save your life. Backstage side, an Arizona man is recovering from hypothermia after he climbed a snow-capped mountain in shorts and a tank top to win a free pizza. Oh, well, I mean, it, it makes is sense. Free pizza. It is free pizza. Yes. Yeah. The Coconino County Sheriff's Office says the 30-year-old Flagstaff man called for help. Uh, at Tuesday morning after getting stuck on Mount Eldon, authorities say the man wanted to hike up the mountain early in the morning despite heavy snow so he could get to the top before the cutoff time to qualify for a free pizza from a local business. But as the man hiked, the snow got heavier and the temperatures plunged. So does this mean he did not win the pizza? Was that a part of the... Yeah, well, a Forest Service <laughs> employee spotted the hiker from a lookout tower and brought him inside until a search and rescue crew arrived, and there's still no word on if the man got his free pizza. I wonder, I mean, what was the the business slogan? They, they had a prize, you know, climb the mountain, get a free pizza? Get to the top of the mountain. That's very strange. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm... I I'm, mean, I like free pizza as much as the next guy. But I'm not sure hypothermia is worth it. No, and I hate the cold anyway, so. <laughs> exactly. I'll just pay the 10 bucks and get the pizza. <laughs> get the pizza. <laughs> they must not have like a, you know, a Hungry Howie's or Little Caesars or anything <laughs> right. around there, you know? <laughs> How expensive $5 is this ready? Pizza? <laughs> exactly. How special is it? You're willing to get hypothermia. Yeah. All right. Friday is finally here. And with it comes National Military Spouse Appreciation Day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it is. The occasion is observed every year on the Friday before Mother's Day. It's also National Fibromyalgia Awareness Day. The musculoskeletal syndrome affects more than 12 million Americans. Today is also National Nutty Fudge Day. And if you've got some time on your hands after celebrating all of those things, don't forget, this is also National Limerick Day. National Limerick Day. Yeah. A lot of fans of the limericks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal in Limerick, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, thank you, Deb. You're welcome, and thank you for not asking me to do a Limerick. Okay, I'm not, I, yeah. yeah, I just saw a look of... <laughs> sheer panic? <laughs> sheer panic. <laughs> no! I mean, you did give me the idea. Uh, <laughs> but I bet you some listeners have some great Limericks. Yeah, maybe, maybe. All right, Um. so, by the way, Deb, have you seen the... The story of Steve Harvey, where he sent out a letter to his employees that people are calling really harsh. Really? Yeah. He was basically telling them to leave him alone when he's in the dressing room. It was basically, I mean, I'm going to read the letter, but I want to ask callers if they think, what what they would think if their boss gave him a letter like this. I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it ended up being when I actually read it. So chances are it's some oversensitive employees? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I, go check I, the think so. okay. I think so. I think so. But uh, we actually have some audio we're going to play, too, where Steve Harvey defends putting out the letter. So we have that. We're going to take your calls as well in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WF. And this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Make sure to send me a friend request on Facebook. Just search Michael Yaffe. Send me a friend request. I will accept it. Or you can like my Facebook page, Beyond Reason Radio. Just like the Beyond Reason Radio Facebook page. And by the way, it is Yaffe, Y-A-F-F-E-E, not Yappy, 
people are still getting that wrong, but more and more people are getting it right. So, I mean, that's that's good news for me today. All right. I want to take some calls. Before we get to the Steve Harvey thing, I want to take some calls uh, on reaction to Trump and his interview with Lester Holt and basically tweeting this morning. Um, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff he's tweeting this morning. So let's, uh, let's go to Ed and Titusville. Ed, what's your take on all of it? Good morning, uh, Yaffe. Uh, listen, this is one of the reasons I voted for Mr. Trump is that mm-hmm. he's not afraid to, to, to stand up and have his spine and fight back. Um, that was not an interview last night. That was an interrogation. Uh, Mr. Holt was extremely disrespectful in the way that he kept on interrupting and cutting off the president. And if we ever wonder why our college students are, are not respectful towards speakers when they come to speak, all they have to do is look at the media. All they have to do is listen to Maxine Waters. All they have to do is listen to Chucky Schumer, and they get their examples for how to disrespect the president. Um, I think that his tweets are good because he lets us know what's on his mind. And, you know, as far as accuracy, uh, let's talk about Susan Rice standing before the American people and saying yeah. what she said about Benghazi, et yeah, cetera, et cetera, true. et cetera. So the media has such a double standard, Yaffe. It just makes me sick. Ed, you make a, actually, you make a really good point about the double standard. There is no doubt that they did not scrutinize that situation with Obama and Susan Rice like they are with Trump. There is no doubt about that. And that's, there's a lot of people like Ed out there who are just so upset at the double standard, so upset that they don't care that Trump's a little unorthodox. They don't care that he's tweeting all this stuff because he's fighting back and they just want to fight back. And, and, you know, I, I was telling people last night on my show, and I'll say again, despite all of this craziness, I always tell people now, don't underestimate Trump because there have been times where he's had low points in his administration so far, and then he'll make one decision or make one really good speech, and then he's back on top. Not only that, but a lot of people, including myself, underestimated him in the campaign, and he can surprise you, and he can come back, and there is an appeal to him that appeals to people like Ed, that I think a lot of people in the New York media and Washington don't really understand, but it is there. Uh, let's take another call on this. Howard in Orlando. Howard, what's your take? Yes, um, I think that, um, and I had been thinking about calling you guys about it too, that um, Donald Trump should have fired Comey a long time ago. The guy is a partisan act, and he should be charged, investigated the corruption too. Oh, wow. Yeah. I haven't heard that. Yeah, the, I mean, I mean, the guy came out and the, the Hillary Clinton broke all how many laws? Seventeen, eighteen? We don't even know. Yeah. And Hillary should be prosecuted too. Not only that, I was thinking that I mean, now that he's president, he should be able to get British help to investigate Obama and the birth certificate. Because I look at that ending, and it was, it's authentic. Gotcha. Obama's birth certificate, Hawaiian birth certificate, is a fake. Oh, okay, Howard, thank you for your call. Kind of taking us off field. Now he's going the whole birther thing. I don't really want to go in that direction. But he brings up a point about um, Comey being investigated. I don't think that's going to happen. And now there's talk that Hillary might be investigated and get again by the FBI because Comey's gone, so someone else is in there. I'm not that optimistic. I'm really not. I just don't. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I think especially with Trump at the beginning of his administration came out and said we need to help her heal instead of lock her up. I think Trump's not going to want to go in that direction, even though she should be because she did break the law. You know, it, you talk about special prosecutors and all that stuff. None of these people cared this much about Hillary breaking the law. But when Trump 
fire someone, which he has the authority to do, they all go nutso, which is uh, kind of interesting. All right, I want to get into uh, this Steve Harvey letter and see what you guys think about that. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So I'm sure some of you uh, watch the Steve Harvey show. Who um he put out a letter to his employees this week. And you're playing uh It's Alice Cooper, man. Yeah. No more, no more Mr. Mr. Nice, Mr. Guy. nice Guy. And Steve Harvey was not it's you know. actually, actually he put this memo out the beginning of the season. Right. Which would have been last uh what, August, September? Oh, okay. So he put it out earlier. And, it, right. and it was just leaked. But it was just leaked, yeah. yes. There was a whole firestorm about this, thinking it was too harsh. And some of the tweets about it are actually pretty funny. <laughs> but um, some, some one person tweeted that it's Trump-esque. I mean, we always everything has to come back to Trump nowadays, I guess. But they said it's too harsh. And I'm thinking it's going to be really bad before I read it. But then I read it, and I'm like, eh, it's not really that bad. I can understand where he's coming from. It's bad coming from him. He should have had an executive producer or somebody else write the memo. Oh, so not He's, correct protocol. He said everything ah, everything in the memo except don't look me in the eyes, you know? <laughs> well, this is here's here's the memo. It says, "Good morning everyone. Welcome back." It says that I'd like you all to review and adhere to the following notes and rules for season 5 of my talk show. There will be no meetings in my dressing room. No stopping or popping no stopping by or popping in. No one. Do not come to my dressing room unless invited. Do not open my dressing room door. If you open my door, expect to be removed. That was in all caps, that part. My security team will stop everyone from standing at my door who have the intent to see or speak to me. I want all the ambushing to stop now. That includes TV staff. You must schedule an appointment. I have been taken advantage of by my lenient policy in the past. This ends now. No more. Do not approach me while I'm in the makeup chair unless I ask to speak with you directly. Either knock or use the doorbell. I am seeking more free time for me throughout the day. Do not wait in any hallway to speak to me. I hate being ambushed. Please make an appointment. I promise you I will not entertain you in the hallway and do not attempt to walk with me. If you're reading this, yes, I mean you. (laughs) Everyone, do not take offense to the new way of doing business. It is good for my personal life and enjoyment. Thank you all, Steve Harvey. Wrong, wrong, wrong. These are the people who are making, helping him make millions of dollars. They are the people he should keep happy. That's why you should have somebody else write the memo. Well, maybe, maybe I understand what you're saying. Someone else write the memo. I don't know. I don't think it's that harsh. If it's his really big problem. I mean, if he's being ambushed constantly, I don't know. It's hard for me to blame him. Now, he defended uh, this this letter, he say, he admitted it was his, and he defended it on Entertainment Tonight, and we have the audio of that. Go ahead and play that, Tom Benson. I wrote it at the beginning of the year because I was trying to find out ways that I could just get more me time time for me. I'm a 60-year-old man, and I could not find a way to walk from the stage to my dressing room, to sit in my makeup chair, to walk from my dressing room to the stage but you just didn't have lunch without somebody just walking in. I'm in the hallway. I'm getting ambushed by people with friends that come to the show and having me sign this and do this. I just said, wait a minute. You know, it's the end of the season. 
Everybody knows the show is moving to Los Angeles. A couple of people are not happy with that. They're disgruntled. I wrote the letter, man. I don't apologize about the letter, but it's kind of crazy what people who took this thing and ran, man. I appreciate you asking me. I can't, when I hear that, I have to admit, I really don't blame him. Because I, I can imagine, I mean, there's a part of me that if I got like a memo like that from Bud, I, I think I would be kind of upset, though. We did. <laughs> <laughs> we did, Bud. Don't have me in the hallway. No, I mean, you wouldn't say that. But I mean, we're not in a position like Steve Harvey, where he has tons of staff, tons of people. And he said, you know, people were coming in with their friends and wanting pictures and he couldn't even have like two seconds of peace because he was being ambushed all the time. I, I really don't think it's that big of a deal. Bryce, what do you think about this? I haven't sent you a letter like this, but no, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Even doesn't he also have like three shows? Like he's a very busy guy. He's got a a guy. I understand the whole time thing. If he had a lot of time on his hands, then he only had like one show and it was like a morning show. I'd understand, but. Yeah, see, I when I first, because everyone, because on, on Twitter, some people are saying the tone is crude. Um, one person said his personal life while he is at work. That was an interesting <laughs> comment. It's just, they, they thought, I thought it was going to be really harsh. But to be honest, I, I, uh, I don't, I don't blame him. I, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm too lenient. No. Maybe I want to put out a letter of my own to my employees one day. Don't ambush me. I just want to be in a position to be able to do that. (laughs) All right. I thank you all for uh, joining me today as Bud was out. Bud will be back on Monday. Make sure to send me a friend request on Facebook. Just search Michael Yaffe. I will accept it. You can follow me on Twitter at BeyondReasonR. And listen to my latest podcast of my show, Beyond Reason Radio. Have a good weekend. God bless you and God bless America. Catch you next time.